Welcome to the Frameworks and Finance Podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. Each week we talk about frameworks and finance concepts for your life and work. Let's learn together today. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Frameworks and Finance Podcast. I want to talk today about a framework that I've been working on that I think helps frame the financial process a little bit of a different way. And I want to talk about answering the question as we look at a business owner, what is the most important thing you can look at? What do you care the most about? And as I thought about this, I actually think it's interesting because I find that it actually aligns pretty well with the financial statements. And so as I thought about it, I broke it down into three elements that if you understood these three elements in your business, you would understand financially how healthy you were. So those three elements are going to be this. First, you have profits. Second, you have cash flow. And third, you have enterprise value or value creation. Every business exists to create value. You may be thinking, well, Curtis, what what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that when you start a business, you are selling a good and you may be selling this good for $50, but the good is inherently going to cost you less because you wouldn't typically exchange that good for what you bought it for unless you were just trying to get there some carrying cost that you had. So ultimately, when you purchased it for 25 and sold it for 50, you've created $25 of value in the economy. That $25 of value has brought you additional income into your pocket. That $50 that you sold it for has brought value to the seller. In that value creation of $25, that $50 ultimate sell has juiced or has created some sort of movement in the economy. So it's good for all parties involved. And so as we look at this, I think it is really simple that we can break it down into these three elements profit, cash flow, and enterprise value or value creation. And so today I want to talk about uh, value creation and what that means, what enterprise value is in a company, and how we can think about generating value in a business. Because ultimately, that's what we're here to do. And I think by, by breaking it down into these fundamental concepts, it can help us think more deeply about what we're doing day in and day out. So the question might be, what is enterprise value? And enterprise value is that term that you've probably heard, uh, you know, in all sorts of arenas when it comes to money and finance. And I'm going to just read a definition here from Investopedia. It says, enterprise value measures a company's total value often used as a comprehensive alternative to equity market capitalization. 
enterprise value includes in its calculation the market capitalization of a company, but also short-term and long-term debt and any cash or cash equivalents on the company's balance sheet. So when we break it down, enterprise value is just the company's total value. And so you can get to a company value in a lot of different ways. But when we break it down even further, we'll talk about what those ways, how we can get to an enterprise value. But I first want to back up and how do we actually create value in a company? Well, to create value in a company, we're going to break it down into four different elements. Element number one is profit. Number two is cash flow. Number three is an increase in value of the assets that you hold. And then number four is a decrease in value in the liabilities that you hold. So we'll break each of these down briefly. And then we'll talk about how can you measure enterprise value for your company. So first we have profits. And again, this is the number that people talk about the most often that a people, I think in a lot of ways, like most deeply understand, but also uh, misunderstand in a lot of ways. But profit is the difference between revenue and expense during a specific period of time. And so I just gave this example of a unit. And so I'm going to use a similar example. So you have widget A for $40. You purchased it for $40. You sell it for $80 and you have $10 and say a listing fee to list it on whatever site you listed it on. That means you had $50 in total cost. You got $80 in return, which reflects a $30 profit. In the broader economy, you've created $30 of value that wasn't there before. That profit then goes into retained earnings on the balance sheet. And that retained earnings is where that value creation is reflected. So when we talk about enterprise value, when we talk about value creation, we're ultimately talking about one of those things that we're talking about is profits. And profits are creating enterprise value because uh, shareholders equity on the balance sheet is the value remaining when you take assets minus liabilities if you just look at the balance sheet. And so you've collected $80 at this point, or maybe you've just sold something for $80. You've not collected the money yet, but you're showing a profit. You're showing a creation of value for $80. Well, now let's carry that on to cash flow. If you've just sold that widget A for $80 and you've not actually collected that $80, well, then you just have $50 going out as an expense. And so it's not until that money comes in that you have a, co- a positive cash flow. And this is why over and over again, we'll talk about how important cash flow is, is because you can show a profit of $30, but actually be $50 in the hole until you receive that $80 from your customer. Once you receive that $80, you will now have a positive cash flow of $30. So you can see why it's so important to have good cash flows. And the reality is, is that 
you can only distribute from the cash that's been collected. So meaning when you have expenses, if you don't have cash in the account, you can't distribute that money. If you have debts that are due and you don't have cash in the account, you can't distribute money to pay those debts. It's obviously a really bad place to be in. So cash comes from somewhere. Cash is going to come from profits. So meaning you've created a profit and you've collected the cash on that profit. Cash can come from financing, from taking out debt. They'll give you cash to put debt on your balance sheet and you'll pay them back more than you initially, uh, than you initially owned or you, sorry, you initially uh, lo- were loaned. And then owner's contribution, meaning the owner or some outside party can give additional funds to continue funding the business when you're short on cash. You see this a lot of times when a company starts, an owner will put money in before they've generated any money. They'll put money into the business to help with some of the startup costs or some of the other things that are going on. In the same way, financing is spreading out your cost over a period of time. So instead of having that $20,000 expense uh, in that first month, you're going to split that $20,000, say, over 60 months. So, so now if you do that, your cost is only $330 a month. And so that can allow your cash flow to be higher, which then can allow you to pay other expenses. And $330 is assuming there's no interest or, or, or other fees. That's unlikely to be the case, but that's just you split 20000 over 60 months. And so we want our cash flow to be positive. The other element here is the increase in asset value. And so this is done all the time in real estate. The easiest example is you buy your house. Five years later, you sell your house. In most cases, the value of that house is going to go up. And so that increased asset value increases the enterprise value associated because you you look at the balance sheet and you see assets minus liabilities equals stockholder equity. So if your assets go up, your liabilities remain the same, then you have an increased enterprise or book value. Decreased liabilities are much of the same way. If your asset stays level in value or goes up in value and you're paying off your assets as you go, then you will have an increased enterprise value along the way. So now that we've worked through those four elements, profit, cash flow, increase in asset value, decrease in liability value, let's, let's back up and talk about this because, again, going back to the very beginning, we want to make sure we're generating value for our company in the transactions that we're doing. But how do we, how do we measure that? There's a lot of different ways to measure that. And so how you measure it and which one is best for you is going to depend on your situation. You need to think about your situation and uh, what, uh, what you're actually trying to measure because for everyone, what they're trying to measure can be different. It just really depends um, on what your ultimate goals are. So we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute. But let's break down each of the the ways that we can measure and then we'll circle back and talk about which are right for which 
situation. So the first one that we have is going to be return on assets. This is net income divided by total assets. This is going to tell you what my assets are in relation to uh, to the net income, and it's helping you understand how efficiently you're using your assets. Return on equity is another one. You take net income divided by shareholders' equity. It's going to tell you how efficiently you're using your equity or your how efficiently you're um, you're allocating your equity and turning it into net income. Next, you're going to have return on invested capital. So return on invested capital, you're going to take operating income after taxes divided by invested capital. That invested capital is going to be investors, like money, so money that was put in to invest into some sort of growth. We can talk about how to measure that separately if you want to reach out. Then we have return on capital employed. So you take earnings before interest and taxes. So if it uh, EBIT and you divide it by total assets minus current liabilities. And that tells you how well you're utilizing your current capital, like what you currently have in assets minus current liabilities, how well you're utilizing this. In all of these measurements, you can look at industry averages, you can look at your past trends to help understand how well you're doing in these situations. When you look at return on assets, these are going to be situations where you have larger asset loads and you want to make sure you're turning over your assets in a way that means that you're using them efficiently. Because if you're holding on to, say, inventory or receivables, whatever's going to fall into that asset category, if you're holding on to them and you did not mean or, or want to hold on to them that long, you're going to generate less net income, which is going to mean your return on assets is going to be lower. Equities very very much the same is this is a good one. Return on equity is a good one to compare against your competitors because you can see how well you're doing against those in the industry as well. And then next we're going to have a return on invested capital. That is very good in situations where you have investors coming in, deploying money that they're going to then want to know how well you're doing at returning them their money. And then last, you have return on capital employed. This is really good in capital intensive industries because it's helping you understand like of the capital that you have tied up, what sort of return are you getting on that? Helps you understand what you need to invest in next. Helps you understand how well the company and efficiently the company is running. With all of these, again, you want to make sure you're using the right one for your situation. Another one is just company valuations. And so while it's hard and you can't just go get a valuation from an outside person at any time because it's going to cost you money to go get those valuations, you can get a valuation based off industry norms or even get a one-time evaluation 
uh, and and see how they value you, and then set a formula for how you're going to value the company. So that could be taking multiple valuation methods and combining them to get, this is how we're going to value our company going forward. So for example, you could take a revenue multiple, you could take an EBITDA uh, multiple, and then you could take a multiple that comes from your balance sheet, combine those three multiples, uh, weight them however you want to weight them, and then you get it spit out to where you have a number that would be a company valuation. It's important that as you think about enterprise value, this is not something that you're going to do on a weekly basis. You may not even do this on a, you may not even look at this on a monthly basis, but it's important that we, that we look at the trends. And with each of these things, you know, I've mentioned there's three pieces to this framework. You have profit, cash flow, and enterprise value or value creation. The ultimate goal is that we're creating value. But we want to make sure that each profit, cash flow, and value creation are trending and going in the right direction. Because if profit is going down, but cash flow is up, enterprise value is up, what that probably means is that uh, eventually your cash flow is going to slow. Eventually the growth of your enterprise value is going to slow. If you're showing a lot of cash flow and no profits, you might have something to be concerned about because it could mean that uh, you're not reinvesting where you need to reinvest. It could be that you're going to have big expenses coming in the future uh, because you have a lot of capital intensive things going on in your business. And with all of this, the enterprise value is important because as a business owner, you need to think. No matter what you're doing, your choice to invest in your business is a choice not to invest elsewhere. In the future, we'll talk about opportunity cost. We're not going to talk about that today. But the reality is when you have a return on equity, we want to compare that return on equity to returns that we could get elsewhere. Obviously, the easiest one is the stock market, right? So we want to look if we get a 10% in the stock market, we want to make sure our company has higher than 10%. Now, you may only have 5% profit margins, but if you're able to use the money that you're generating from your business and redeploy it elsewhere, if you're able to use the money that you, you're generating your business, you're able to get loans, you're able to basically leverage to a higher, better position in a way that you couldn't do in the stock market or couldn't do as efficiently as the baseline stock market returns, then that business is still a better choice. And so while we may not be flipping in and out of the business based off of what's the best return that day or this day, we need to be thinking about these things on a long-term basis. And if we see that your business is not producing the returns that you want, and we see that the long-term outlook is not good, that could be an early signal that you want to divest of that business, that you may want to sell the business to someone else, that you may want to unwind some things you've done, or that may mean you want to refocus on whatever business objective you're looking to next. So those are all things. I know this is a heady concept. I know this is a a heady episode. I know this is not going to be simple for you to digest. I would encourage you maybe to just listen to it more than once because it's possible that 
you need multiple times through this to really understand it. I also released a newsletter on this. I'll link to that newsletter. I'm going to continue to walk through this concept because I think it's super, super important for everyone here as we sit and we talk about um, about how to manage your business. I want to thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for giving me your time. Thank you for wherever you're listening to this, valuing the content that I'm putting out here. I love hearing your feedback. Don't ever hesitate to reach out to me. Um, you can do that uh, on Twitter. You can do that to my email list. However you want to stay in touch, I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, uh, in two weeks, we have an interview. But until next time, just remember, action creates clarity. We want to have a bias to action day in, day out, because we can learn, clarify, learn, clarify, and keep on that path. Appreciate y'all. Thanks again for listening.